Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Orange Power Half Hour. I am here with my dad, as always, Shane Smithen. My name is Shelby Myers, um, and we're going to talk all things um, Oklahoma State football against Arizona State this past Saturday. Um, very similar vibes from the first game, um, especially in the quarterback realm. I feel like we probably – Unfortunately, you're going to have to start there again because it's kind of the same song and dance. Well, it's uh, it's unique, uh, to say the least. I, I don't kind think there's any it. I don't think there's any college football team in the country that I know of that has ever rotated three quarterbacks. I don't I don't know if anybody in the national media has really gotten into that or asked that question, but I I certainly don't. Uh, I don't remember in my lifetime seeing anybody do it. Um, I'm not saying there hasn't been games where people played three quarterbacks at a time, and you might even have seen some of that in, uh, you know, maybe a, an opening season game somewhere along the way. But as far as a situation where three quarterbacks came in and, and split the exact number of series and yeah, did it knowingly. For- and did it for two straight games. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've never heard of it. It's um, it's ex- extremely unusual, and uh, and fortunately, uh, at at this point in the season, early on, uh, we've been able to do it and and come away with two wins. So it yeah, we've we squeaked them. It, it could be worse. Um, we have squeaked two wins out, um, which obviously we're thankful for. Um, I will go ahead and say. I think the sooner you pick a cue and stick with it, the better. I think our opponents only get much harder from here on out, and I don't know that we will be able to make up enough to where we can be splitting reps with quarterbacks. I think it's a really hard to get into a flow. Um, that position requires a, a lot of flow, I think, and in my opinion, from somebody who's never played a single down of football in her life. That's what I assume to be the case. Um, and he, like, for instance, I thought, I thought Gunner had gotten into a flow and then here comes Rangel. Um, so I just think that we need to be making a decision pretty quick. Well, again, I mean, you, you know, you have to start with the fact that, um, it, it has been, uh, I, I guess it's been successful in that you have won the first two ball games. Um, so it hasn't been an experiment that has cost us a loss. Mm-hmm. I think what we've seen from a it's performance, caused me a lot of stress. It's yeah, it's well, it's causing a lot of people a lot of stress. I'm not saying that. Um, I think the I think the quarterbacks have performed in such a way that uh, that it certainly um, supports what Coach Gendy's been saying that these guys are pretty similar uh, in in terms of what what they can do now they've they've done a few things differently but but i think your i think your point uh ultimately about about flow and um and so forth is is really is why you don't see this historically or standardly Mm -hmm. this was if this was the best way to play football somebody somewhere at the college or 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 professional and high school level would have figured it out a long time ago. That's and true. I don't think we think about it and we don't probably have as much empirical data about it, you know, with respect to quarterbacks, just because it hasn't been done. 
But I think you can look at, uh, you know, the running back position, I think is a good one. And, and we can, we can talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit too at Oklahoma state, but there are guys who are exceptionally good at carrying the football, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily going to, going to be able to be good or show you how good they can be in three carries or four carries or five carries. Right. And, um, you know, when I was at Oklahoma state, uh, of course, you know, the, toward the tail end of the time, Barry Sanders w- was there, but, you know, Thurman Thomas was the starter for the bulk of the time that I was there. And Thurman mm-hmm. was, was very much a guy who, you know, he needed some, he needed some carries to, to yep. kind of get going. And he got yep. better uh, typically as the game went on. And we've had a lot of backs that, that fit that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really did as, as uncomfortable as the quarterback situation makes everybody the, the, um, switching in and out at, at running back right now is is making me a little bit uncomfortable and not yep. not again not at all because I don't think um, that that Collins or uh, Nixon have not played well I think those guys are good and I think they have played well I just think that the bell cow of, mm-hmm. of that backfield needs to be Ollie Gordon and I think Ollie yeah. Gordon is a very rare talent. He was a highly regarded kid. I, I think everybody had a lot of concern with NIL and the portal that that we might lose him after right. last season. Right. And I'm concerned about that again already, even though the season's uh, kind of in its infancy because we've had two ball games and he's yeah. carried the ball a total of two times in the first half in each one of those games. Yeah. And a um, fortunate, unfortunate situation, but you're right in – in the quarterback department, at least thus far, and the back department, and the receiver department, we've got we've got a plethora of um, of guys that can make plays, and I think that I understand trying to get everybody involved. That you know is a dude. I totally understand that, but I do think at some point it hurts you to spread the love maybe a little too much, which I can't believe I'm saying because that's typically not the the route that I would go. But I I think especially with the transfer portal and the football world the way it is and how many guys we lost last year to the portal, I think it just makes me extremely nervous not to keep, you know, who our number ones, I guess. Yeah. And you know, and and again, somebody um somebody could listen to what we said and interpret that slightly differently and say, Hey, that's exactly what Mike Gunny's trying to do. He's trying to get more guys involved yeah. Yeah. in the football games. So he doesn't have more guys transferring. True. It, I mean, to be fair, it's an impossible job, right? It Coaching is. college yeah. football is tough to begin with. It's double tough now i mean yep. you know your husband's been in, involved in college football coaching your brother has been yeah uh, you know what your what your brother thought of having to deal with the the portal, the portal. And, yeah and uh, the nil stuff i mean you've got to go out and and not only recruit a new class every year but you have to constantly recruit the guys that are already there mm-hmm. and that is that's an extremely tough thing to do and I, i'll be honest i don't know where the line is you know i don't know yeah. how many I don't know how many touches somebody like uh, uh, Jaden Nixon has to have to to stay happy and to stay involved yeah, in Oklahoma exactly. State. Um, I don't know how many touches Ollie Gordon needs to have to stay involved and stay at Oklahoma State. But yeah, uh, but but I'm I'm worried about it, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I guess I personally, and that's all anybody can do is give their personal opinion. I personally feel like 
that Ollie in particular is not getting enough touches. I, I think yeah. he's a guy that needs to carry the football, you know, yeah. probably closer to 20, but 15 to 20 times for sure. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, as, as Oklahoma state seems to be more committed to trying to run the football this year, if we can just do it with, with a little more success, uh, we still should be able to get Nixon the ball, you know, um, uh, maybe eight carries a game and, and mm-hmm. Collins, you know, eight to 10 carries a game. The beautiful thing about Nixon is, you know, he can become invo- involved more and more involved, I think, in the passing game. And he yeah. has done an excellent job yeah. of catching balls out of the backfield. I could even see um, the Cowboys using him in the slot some, mm-hmm. uh, particularly considering the fact that, you know, we, we lost the Arlen Bruce kid from uh, the transfer yeah. from Ireland. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're a little thinner at that position anyway, particularly with, you know, smaller shifty guys. And I, I think Jaden Nixon has looked uh, outstanding catching the ball. Yeah, I think I'm I think he has. Uh, I agree with you that he has looked outstanding. I. I I don't know. I don't know what my opinion is on all that, because now I'm sitting here thinking that. um Ollie looks good. Jaden looks good. I don't really have any complaints talent wise, but I don't think that we were able to get we need to to win football games this year to win to get bowl eligible even. We're gonna need Ollie to have way bigger yardage games than he had on Saturday. And that's just the nature of the Well, piece. I think that's I, I think that's right. And I think what you just said about, you know, he looks good, he looks good. You know, I if if Coach Gundy was sitting here, he'd probably say you see, that's my problem. You know, I have that problem at quarterback. I have that problem yeah. at running back. And I do think that's defensible, you know, to a point. But uh, yeah. but I also think that that the truth of the matter is that you have to have people get into the flow of, of the football game um, in order to have any real serious sustained success. I guess, I guess my problem with it is I think it's keeping any – you know, if you look at the numbers collectively, the numbers are okay. They're not horrible. If you combine mm-hmm. the quarterbacks, uh, completion attempts and, and, uh, and actual completions. It and, feels and worse watching it live than the stats read after the game. Yeah. But yeah. even, but even the stats at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Oklahoma state totaled closer to, to 300 yards of total offense than, than, you know, the five or six or 100 yards or more that we're kind of used to seeing the Cowboys get. Some of that is is certainly because um, we're not as good as as we need to be up front in the offensive line. I don't think anybody uh, would argue that point. And because we're not as good up front, we are um, trying to run the football more. We're, we're slowing things down. You know, we're huddling a lot. Mm-hmm. We're not getting it offensive snaps so you're not going to get um certainly not going to get as but um you know at the same time i think some of it is that that you're not giving anybody uh, enough rhythm or uh, or opportunities to to really maximize what their abilities are and and you made a a good point i mean uh, about the um, you know, about the, the flow of the game. I mean, actually, you can back it up one more time. Bowman starts the game. I think his first three series, you know, we don't get any points. Right. Uh, or, or maybe we got a field goal out of it. But I yep. think his last series, he took us on a touchdown drive. Yes. As soon as he scores the touchdown drive, then his time is yep. up. And now you bring in Gunner. And I don't think Gunner had a touchdown drive 
until his last possession. And now you've got him kind of heated up and, yep. and, you know, in the end of the flow of the game. And, and here comes Rangel and Rangel didn't take us on a touchdown drive, you know, his first couple of times. So you can certainly make the argument, at least based on this last game, mm-hmm. that, you know, these guys had to get some snaps under their belt to sort of see what was going on, to see what the defenses are doing to adjust. I mean, there's lots of things that you have to yeah, adjust. And to it's play. also, it's not a fair, it's not even a fair comparison in my head when you, you split reps like that in a game because, you know, Bowman warms up like everybody else and then goes out there and starts and then Garrett doesn't touch the ball until really late in the game. And I think he, I think we went three and out as soon as he came in. Um, and I don't really think that's a, a diss to him necessarily. It's really hard to stand on the sidelines for dang near a whole game and then come in and try to play the most complex that's, position. Yeah. That's the exact thing that I, I turned and said to your, uh, to your uncle when we were at the game the other day, you know, they they trot him out there in the fourth quarter in what at that time is a, is a, I think a one score game. Mm-hmm. And, I, I told him, I said, that is a tough, tough situation yeah. to, to be brought into. I mean, it's it's a little bit like, uh, you know, sitting on the end of the bench, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, a, a guy gets fouled on your team and gets hurt, and they pull you off the bench to go out there and, and shoot the, you know, game-clinching free throws. I mean, that ain't easy. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're putting these guys in some some really tough, you know, some tough situations. Uh, you know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you sort it out, but I don't I know either. That, I don't know. I know that each and every year, historically, up till the, up until this point in time, we've sorted it out. That doesn't yep. mean the decision that you make doesn't have to be a permanent one. You know, if you right. pick a horse and he right. gets out that doesn't run well, you, you know, 1, you now have percent. the luxury of knowing that you've got a couple other horses that you can saddle up and ride. So that's. Yep. It's a positive in that in that right. regard. Yeah. Again, I'm going to get crazy hating on it up to this point because again, we're sitting here with two wins. But I I agree a hundred percent that it's not it's not sustainable no. long term, and I just don't think it's it's fair long term to to anybody. I don't think it's fair to the mm-hmm. kids that that are playing or the kids that are are waiting for their turn. And I think there or are even or turns. even the backs and the receivers that all are playing with these different guys all the time i mean it's just a completely different flow well and listen you know we had a couple uh we had a couple of false starts in the game that were that were pretty that were pretty important uh this is not a team that's going to be good playing behind the chains they've got to stay on schedule and ahead of the chains. so you can't be uh you can't be taking a lot of penalties and i'm going to tell you i don't know i wasn't out there you know listening to the calls but Every one of these quarterbacks is going to have a slightly different cadence, right? When they're calling sure. the signal and and these guys, these offensive linemen, you know, they get three or four series under their belt with one guy, and then here yep. comes the next guy. If his if his cadence is that much different, it it can be the difference in in having a false start or not, you know. Yep. Uh, I just think that's I think that's a, a a tough situation. In this particular case, you've also got a, one of the three quarterbacks is left-handed. So that means his Completely ball different. when receivers are catching his ball, his ball spin in the opposite direction, you know? Yep. That yep. again, that's yep. fine and and if the guys are used to catching him all the time, that's great and I understand they've practiced and they've practiced a lot, but now you're talking about the difference in you know, uh, stribbling or somebody like that going out and catching one that's spinning one way on right. this play, 
next possession, now it's different. I just I think those are all kind of additional subtle um, differences between these guys that are mm-hmm. uh, that make it a little tougher than it needs to be. Yeah, and I, I I won't sit here and hate on the obvious. I think you know everybody in the country that watches OSU football will talk about the O line and how it needs to be improved. Um, so I won't harp on them even more than everybody else already is. But I think you're right with you know with different cadences and things like that. I think that's a position group that needs help. If anything, not anything working against them, and I think that is an added um, stressor for them um, up front. I think. I think they need to focus on doing their job and, and hopefully uh, not have, you know, be switching quarterbacks every couple of minutes or so. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's one thing that I, that I would want to be clear about is, you know, now I was, a, I was a little disappointed in some of the drops from some of our receivers in game one. We didn't mm-hmm. have any of that in game two that got cleaned up. That was yep. good. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're struggling offensively. There's no doubt, but I'm not going to sit here and say that we're struggling because of quarterback play or because of receiver play or because of running back play. I think all of the guys that have played uh, to a man have, have played and performed well. Uh, It's, it's the, it's the beef up front that, that uh, we've got to have better performances from. Yeah. I need the, I need the big boys to get it figured out up front because that is especially, I don't think anybody's job's getting easier from here on out. I really don't think that job is getting any easier from here on out. So well, I don't no, know. We really haven't know. had the injuries that we've had in the in the past few years now. You know, I think Springfield was out this last game, and that yep. doesn't help. But you know, we heard a lot in the in the preseason about how uh, much healthier uh, the Cowboys were and how much deeper the Cowboys were. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, with only one starter out of the lineup, you yep. ought to be performing better than that against, you know, let, let's also not get you know, run away with ourselves. I mean, it's Arizona state, you know, it, it 1000%. The, it's not the, you know, 85 bears. Um, For sure. Yeah. So, and I think that, I think what's most frustrating about the, about the line is that I don't, I think we have the talent in every other position to be very, very successful offensively and so I think it's very hard to sit there as a fan and watch your team get whipped up front and that way and then your quarterback doesn't have time to read the defense and to make the right pass or to throw a good ball or for your backs to find a hole because there is no hole or whatever the case may be but I think we're really doing a disservice to the other position groups offensively because it's the the ball starts at the line so Mm -hmm. and I think we're going through some uh Grow, I don't know that growing pains necessarily is the right term. Uh, I think we're it going painful. Through, I think we're going through some some uh, some tough adjustments. Um, sure. And I'm talking about uh, in particular Casey Dunn in terms of play calling. I mean, you're right. You know, Casey Dunn has has his has been involved with the program for a long, long time, and he's been involved with offenses that have been you know, true spread offenses, mm-hmm. uh, throw the ball around a lot. Not that OSU hasn't had a lot of successful running during that time period because they ha- they have. And when you're throwing the ball successfully, you're going to be able to run it successfully. Right. Um, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, he's used to, to ch- chunking the ball all over the field. And now all of a sudden, you know, we, we don't have the, the personnel really to be able right. to do as much of that. And so – 
we have gone to some of this under center stuff. We've, we've slowed the tempo down. We're huddling. Um, we're doing a lot of that. And, you know, probably in the course of, of practice, sitting there knowing that they're working on that stuff, that's one thing. You get in the heat of the battle, and I'm sure, you know, he he kind of um, runs home to mama, so to speak, for lack of a better term. You know, they, there's going to be occasions where he goes, oh, man, this has been a play that's been great for us for 100 right. years, and all this. let's jump right into that and run it, and, mm-hmm. you know. It, maybe it's not going to be as successful. I, I certainly think the other day in the second half, um, when we were when we were huddling, and, and I hate playing slow. Yeah, you more hate probably, it more than anybody else yep. in, in America. But because I think it's been such a equalizer for us, talent wise, yeah. play factor. Um, but for this particular personnel group, I don't think you can argue with the fact that that they have executed better when they have slowed it down. And when we have got up under center and, and yep. kind of played more old school, traditional, almost, you know, power eye formation looking stuff. And, you know, I, I discussed the game briefly with, with your brother and, and he had an interesting point, which was, you know, he, he said, there's not any real reason for this, maybe other than psychological, but he said, I think those guys up front, block better when the quarterback's under center and that that might sound like a a crazy thing but i you know a lot of football is attitude and mentality and i do think especially up front right you know if you're sitting there as the guard or 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 the the guard on either side or the center right there in the middle and and you go man this guy the quarterback is right behind me behind me yeah and here here it comes i gotta get some push um, you know, maybe you, maybe you come out with more, uh, you know, with more vigor than you do. Otherwise, yeah. I, I think you can, when you're throwing the football a lot, a, a whole lot as an offensive lineman, I think you can get in a little bit of a habit of, of coming backwards out of your stance and, mm-hmm. and catching guys. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. If you, if you do get them caught and you get them leveraged one way or the other, you yep. get your arm extended and you can create that pocket for the quarterback. That's okay. But setting back on your heels and, and catching guys when you're trying to run the football. Yeah. That's no good. No, that's no not good. good. Yeah. I totally agree. I've never really thought of that. Um, but I can see that mentality, um, of, you know, he's, he's right here. So I gotta, I gotta do something or he's going to be eating some turf for sure. Um, I really want to talk about the defense um, pops, but tell me who really impressed you offensively first. Well, I, I'm the two guys I'm going to single out are, uh, are uh, Deshaun Stribling. Uh, I've just been massively impressed with him. Yeah. I think he is uh, as good an outside guy as, as a lot of the really good ones that we've had over the years. He catches the football as good as I had hoped that he would. He's much more physical and yes. stronger than what I was expecting. Totally agree. He he breaks tackles. Uh, He's going to win every 50-50 ball that he gets his hands on. I just – I have been really super impressed with him. And then the other guy I'm going to mention, I mentioned briefly earlier, and that's that's Nixon. As much as I love Ollie and I I, I love the things that Ollie can do, and as as much as I have been impressed with the effort that we've seen out of Collins, you know, Nixon's just got that breakaway speed. He's got that home run ability. He made a guy – 
miss in the open field and and I love him catching the football out of the backfield. Yeah, um really impressed with both. Uh, my guy would have been Stribling for sure. I thought he played great and I just continue to be He's he's one of the um guys that I feel like has exceeded the hype that I've heard about off off season. Yeah, um I, I I think he's I think he's also very smart. I think he plays really smart football. I think he runs great routes. I think he's way more physical than I thought, like you said. Um he is one that is on my very scary please don't transfer portal list because I just think he gets better every day and so I'm really excited to see what he can do um this year and also next year yeah I do think he's just a junior in eligibility and hopefully I have I have heard the NCAA is allegedly going to try to crack back down on on the on the fact that that portal was supposed to be a a one-time only free transfer. Yes. I, it certainly hasn't been enforced that way to this point, but maybe maybe it will get that way. No, yeah, it feels very wide open right now with no rules at all. But, um, but yeah, very impressed with um with those two dudes for sure. Um, moving on the other side of the ball defensively, I know we've talked briefly about it, but I almost feel the same way that I felt the first week. Um, I felt frustrated with like open field tackling, not even really open field tackling, just tackling in general. Um, and I felt like watching the game live, it felt like we weren't really adjusting very well, but then I looked at the scoreboard and it's not like, you know, they were throwing up points on us left and right. Um, so maybe I'm being a little too harsh of a critic. Um, what do you think? Well, I, uh, I felt I felt much, much better about the defense uh, after week two than I did week one, although I completely agree uh, the tackling was, again, mm-hmm. very poor, particularly yes. particularly in the first half, just very poor. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I think the only thing that, that you can do about that is is probably tackle more live in practice than what we Agreed. have. I think Coach Gundy – I think I've heard admitted, that we have not been doing that. So I think he admitted that they hadn't. and Yeah. You know, again, it's one of those deals with, you know, you got to pick a side, right? I can remember a, a couple of seasons going into the season where we had a bunch of guys hurt before the sure. season started and yeah. they got hurt during live tackling drills. So where where you draw that line, I don't know, uh, but the tackling does. Well, that's also why we don't get paid millions of dollars because we're not supposed to know. So somebody right. that makes a lot more that's should right. be able to tell us. Uh, and I was particularly frustrated in the first half because I, I thought um, – you know, it didn't look like Coach Coach Nardo knew what to do with uh, the Wildcat formation in particular uh. when, they, when they would get in it. Now, a, a bunch of that has to do with the fact that uh, Scatabo or whatever his name is, number four yeah, for Arizona State, yeah, four. one one tough football playing dude. I would, yeah, he's I, a dude. He's a dude. I Let's get that straight. Um, yeah. We couldn't tackle him, and yeah. uh, and it didn't look like we knew schematically how to go about, tack- about tackling him or defending that uh, formation. I will give Coach Nardo a ton of credit. He he got on he got on the chalkboard with the guys at halftime, and they made adjustments. And uh, you know they were just killing us in in the short yardage situation with that. They end up they end up one for five on fourth down. Mm-hmm. You know, one for five. That's one. That was one of the big keys to the ball game, is the fact that every time they went for it and didn't get it, not only did we get the ball back, but we get the ball back with a shorter field. Sure. And 
as much trouble as we were having moving the ball offensively, that was a big, big deal. So I thought he made some excellent adjustments. I was extremely impressed or happy, I guess, to see uh, how much he mixed in the three-man and four-man front. And the, and the most beautiful thing about jumping in the four-man front is when you do that, typically the fourth guy that comes up on the line is number 30. And when you put number 30 yes. out there on the edge and tell him to go go kill the quarterback, he he understands that game very well. And, and yeah. uh, it was really good to see Colin Oliver get back involved and, and be pressuring the quarterback. I don't know that he had a sack, but he had uh, several tackles for loss. He caused a fumble that uh, seemed mm-hmm. like it laid on the ground for a month and a half. I'm not sure how we didn't get it. But, <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, I thought Colin Oliver was was Colin Oliver, and and that was. I really would agree fun. with that. Yep, I thought I thought that he looked way more um, comfortable, maybe even just way yeah. more himself, um, way more confident, and I felt like that was the thirty that we that we know and love. Um, so I do feel pretty positive about that. And you're right, we that number four gave us fits. Um, but I will, I will agree with you that, um, he's one heck of a football player one. And I think the ASU coaching staff is really good. Um, I think that their head man, um, Dylan, Dillingham, is that how you say Dillingham, it? I think, yeah. Um, Dillingham. I think he is like a great football mind. I actually listened to a, um, a little podcast he was on. And I think that he has a very, unique um coaching philosophy and i you know he's just a young guy who i think is actually gonna have a really successful football career um and i think he did a lot of things right in preparing for us i think you're correct in the way that i think we're playing very traditional more traditional football than we have in the past um and so i think he countered that as well as he knew how um and they definitely had some stuff that we that we struggled with um but I I will also co-sign with you in that I think um I think we made adjustments better than we did in the first game. Um I think it's easy to be really critical of a new DC, which is probably where where I'm coming from. But I feel like tackling is, you know, from somebody who doesn't has never played football, tackling is defense it's that's the only thing you have to do on defense. So I think that was kind of frustrating for me watching. It was I did a lot of Get him. Get him. Yeah. Well, uh, there's no question that that'll have to be better, and, it, and that'll be tougher as the as the quality of the opponents uh, increase. Sure. But uh, but I, I schematically, I was I was happier with – I don't – I'll say this. I said this before we ever played a game. I said it when we when we hired Coach Nardo and, and talked about going to the 3-3-5. I don't think you can. I don't think you can run that defense exclusively uh, in the Big Twelve with as much as people throw the football. Now, you, does it help mm-hmm. you cover on the backside? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but does it? Is it going to be as easy to get pressure on the quarterback? Absolutely not. And some of these quarterbacks in the Big Twelve are good enough that if you give them long enough, they will right. find something. They'll find something. So, I, I was very excited to see that we were the flexibility. Uh, very, yeah. Very willing. Yeah. To mix some three and four man front end. Yeah. And then I saw several times in the second half, we had, it seemed, and I, I rewatched the game after we got back, but um, I, I didn't, you know, count bodies, but it seemed like we had, you know, eight or nine guys within three yards of the line of scrimmage pre-snap. 
and you didn't really know which ones were coming and which ones were dropping back in coverage. And yeah, uh, I'm sure the offensive line and, and receivers for Arizona State didn't didn't know that either. Right. Um, it reminded me a little bit of some of the crazy uh, helter skelter stuff we we saw the the Stillwater yep. Pioneers run in high school. Yep. Uh, so uh, anyway, I just I, I thought those adjustments were really good, and and you know. Uh, Arizona State in the second half, before they got the ball back late, after the Cowboys went up twelve, uh, they picked up some some big yard, some chunk yardage, uh, kind of cheap late in the game. But up until that point, they had sixty four yards of total offense in the second half. So yeah, see, that's that's one of the stats that I'm like so frustrated watching live. I feel like, and then you look at that and you're like, what do you matter? Yeah, right. So. Now, I thought the defense was was uh, was much much uh, much much more enjoyable and and gave me uh, gave me a lot of hope and excitement moving forward. I, I'll I'll be honest, I'm I'm more comfortable after having seen this game. I'm more comfortable with what we're doing defensively right now than I was a year ago. Oh yeah, I'll co-sign that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really great perspective. I'm glad you said that. I'll remember I'll remember that on Saturday. <laughs> um so yeah, so we we come up 2 and 0. I'm not going to complain about that too hard. Um wins a win for sure. Um we've got um a primetime game um in Stillwater this Saturday against South Alabama. Um coach Gundy said that they will be tougher than Arizona State, so I think we've got our work cut out for us. Um, and we'll need to come ready to play. We're going to need, I think it's a sellout crowd, correct? Yeah, that game, I think that game actually had sold out even before the Arizona State family weekend or dad's day or, or whatever. So I'm pretty sure it sold out. So we'll have, um, we'll have rears in the stands. So I need, I need the pokes to come play well. So there keeps being rears in the stands and I need, um, everybody show up and be rowdy and get us, um, get us to three and now. Yeah. Hopefully uh, it'll be a good crowd and, and hopefully a, a little more, um, uh, Oh, a little more fluid performance. I, yes. I think we're probably going to get, we're probably going to get the, the three headed monster, uh, at quarterback again. Yeah. So there, there'll probably be some limit to the fluidity. Uh, that Do you want to make achieved. a prediction but, on who's starting? Well, I just, I just think, you know, based on what we've seen now, you would, you would have to assume, uh, and coach Gandhi has said, you know, practice will, will dictate it some. So I suppose if, if somebody goes out and lays an egg, uh, this week at practice, uh, you know, maybe he'll change it, but I would assume he'll start, uh, Gunner and bring Rangel second and that, um, you know, Bowman would play, play third and just kind of continue that rotation, um, I, you know, I, I have seen a quote from him saying, you know, it, it might be hard to name a starter before Iowa State. I, I hope that part of it is just coach speak because, um, please, please just be I, coach speak. I, I just don't, I, I, I would be so uncomfortable doing this in a conference road game. Uh, again, I just, yeah, I a think conference road game, two, two huge components to that. I'm, I yep. would like to think that there's no way that that's how that would shake out. You know, so, some of this to an extent, I, I guess you could say just from an athletic standpoint, wouldn't be uh, uh, unlike, you know, 
uh, being a boxer or, or really any kind of an athlete. I mean, you typically, when you're going to perform an athletic event, you don't normally just get off the bus and go out there and get after it. Right. For I sure. mean, yeah. boxers, you know, get a sweat going wrestlers, get a sweat going, uh, football and basketball players, they go out, they shoot, they warm up, they, you know, uh, and, and you, you, you get, you get your body going, you get your adrenaline flowing for a reason and start stop stuff. It typically isn't real conducive, uh, you know, yep. to that. I mean, I, I, I jog for exercise, you know, I hate it. I do it. Uh, the, the, the thing, the only thing I hate worse than jogging for exercise is if I was to jog a short distance and then stop and then tell myself I had to jog. I just want to go ahead and, you know, and go. I mean, yeah. I think once you, once you get your yourself going in any kind of an athletic contest, I think it's a little bit easier to keep going. And again, that's not to say that if somebody's not performing well, that you can't make a change or, mm -hmm. or, or, or whatever else. But, yeah. uh, I just don't think it's, um, it's a sustainable, um, yeah. recipe for success going yeah. forward. I agree. Um, but I guess we'll see. We'll see on Saturday what happens. Um, we hope got... it's sustainable for at least one more game because we're getting it for one more game. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, South Alabama, six o'clock at Boone Pickens Stadium. Uh, hope everybody shows up. That's all I got. Daddy, got anything else? Nope. Just uh, go, Pokes. All right. This is Orange Power Half Hour. We'll see you next week. Go, Pokes.